The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Well, good morning, New Song Church. How's everybody doing? Good, good to see you. Uh, it's been a while. I haven't seen you for the past couple of weeks. We had the little kind of kind of Ice-mageddon thing a couple of weeks ago that kept us from church. And then last week I wasn't able to be here. I'll talk a little bit more about that, but it's so good to see you. Uh, my name is Josh. I'm the pastor of New Song Church. If this is your first time, I just want to say greetings. We're so glad that you came. Thanks for checking out the church. Make sure after service you stop by in the lobby and say hi to me. I'd love to meet you hear a little bit about your story, and I got a gift for you I'd love to put in your hands, so make sure that you get that. Um, if you have your Bible, go to Psalms 103, Psalms 103. We are continuing a series we started that week that it was all icy and we didn't have church uh, called Compromised, and what we're doing is we're looking at some of the promises of God, and we're also looking at how we sometimes compromise those promises so that we can so that we can understand, so we can not miss out on some of the promises that God has for us. So if you missed that first message, I talked about authority and how God has given us authority. He's called us to come under authority so we can carry his authority. And and let me just say, if you missed that message, I know we weren't here in the church physically, but if you missed that, I really want to encourage you to make sure you go back Listen to that message. Watch the video on YouTube. Uh, Even if you did listen to it, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it again. That is one of the messages for me. I remember getting a revelation of the authority of God, the authority God's given us. When I got a revelation of that, it was an absolute life-changing revelation for me, and I would believe it will be that for you too, so make sure you check that out. Today, I want to talk to you about the promise of healing. Everybody say healing. Healing. Now, what's interesting is I knew I was going to be preaching this message for a long time. I had this on the docket. And, uh, and last weekend, if you, if you know, like Pastor Jelani, we had him scheduled to be here preaching. But I was planning on being here. But I was not able to be here because I was dog sick. Uh, on, on Saturday, I got sick. And, and then on Sunday, I got sick. And then on Monday, I got sick again. And I actually found myself on Sunday morning thinking. I remember waking up and thinking, Church is going on, and I'm laying there in bed. I got 103 temperature, bodies full of aches and pains, and I'm thinking, how can I go to church next week and preach on healing when I can't even go to church this weekend? And, and I recognized something in that moment as I had that thought. I recognized that's, that's not a godly thought. That wasn't God putting that thought in my mind. That was a thought coming from the enemy. And the reason he put that thought in my mind and the reason I believe he attacked me with sickness last weekend is because he did not want you to hear this message this weekend. So I decided that I was going to stand on the promises of God. I wasn't just going to lay there and feel sorry for myself. I was going to put into practice what I'm going to show you today. And I want you to know I was healed. I had the flu last Sunday and by Sunday night I was healed. What was crazy is then I wake up on Monday and my nose is all stopped up, which I had no congestion the day before or Saturday. But all of a sudden I wake up on on Monday, my nose is all stopped up and I have all this sinus pressure and sinus pain. I had a sinus infection. I've had those in the past. And it was almost like laughable because in three days I just kept getting these crazy symptoms that would come out of nowhere. On Saturday I had this really bad cough. That got healed on Saturday. On Sunday I've got the flu. That gets healed on Sunday. And then on Monday it's like, all right, let's try this one, you know. But I prayed and believed God. And listen, I was healed by Monday night. 
I woke up Tuesday 100% healed. I didn't go to the doctor. I didn't get any prescriptions. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with doctors and nurses and medicine. There's nothing wrong with that. The Bible says that a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. In other words, medicine doeth good, right? Luke was called the beloved physician. He wrote the gospel of Luke. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, we really like Luke if he just wouldn't have been a doctor. Like it doesn't say that. Nothing wrong with Luke. In fact, the Bible says this, uh, check this verse out. This is Proverbs 18, verse nine. It says, he who does not use endeavors to heal himself is a brother to him who commits suicide. In other words, if you're not feeling good, get some help. Like there's nothing wrong with doctors. We love doctors. We love nurses. We love medicine. There's nothing wrong with those things, but there is divine healing. And one of the things I recognize as I was not feeling good this week is that sickness is the worst. Like it's the worst. I hate being sick. Anybody else hate being sick? It's awful. And, and for three days, I, I was like quarantined from my family. I couldn't have the relationships that I normally enjoy. I couldn't get around and do the things. I couldn't even come to church, which is what God's called me to do because of sickness. And, and, and it reminded me that our health is a primary issue in our life, isn't it? You can't do what God's called you to do if your body isn't healthy. You can't fulfill the promises of God and fulfill the mission he's called you to if your body isn't healthy. So our health is a primary issue. So it makes sense then that healing would be a primary issue to God, doesn't it? And it is. Psalms 103, look at this with me. Psalm 103, verse one says this. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. There are benefits that come with being a child of God. There are benefits that come with making Jesus the Lord of your life. And then it begins to list some of these benefits. Who forgives all, all our iniquities. That's talking about your sins. Look at this. Who heals all. Somebody say all. all. Say it like you mean it. All. all. Who heals all your diseases. Yep. That's what the Bible says. He heals all your diseases. It doesn't say he heals some. He'll heal some of your No, no, no. All, right? Everybody say All. He heals all your diseases. Okay, so healing is a primary issue. And listen, that's important for you to understand. I, I'm here to tell you this morning that God is a God who heals. And I've seen him heal. I've seen him heal me. This week, on Friday, my daughter Bo started feeling really sick. We were, at, we were eating pizza and she got so sick that we, I had to take her out to the car and she was crying and saying that her side was hurting. And we got in the car with her on the drive home and I was loaded for bear because I've been studying this stuff. And we got in the car and we all prayed for her and we spoke the word of God over her. And in a moment, she was healed. God is a healer. If you know my story, you know my mom. She's not here this morning, but my mom, when she was five years old, she was running outside to see her daddy on his way home from work. And it was an icy day. And as she ran outside to see him, she slipped on some ice, hit her head really hard on the ground, and it caused her eyes to cross. And she lived her entire childhood, junior high, high school. She had multiple surgeries, but she, her eyes were crossed. Nothing could correct this problem. And when the day she got, she asked Jesus into her heart at 17 years old and made Jesus the Lord of her life, one of her friends that was there that day said, do you want to ask God to heal you? Because the Bible says that he can heal you too. And she said, sure. And so they anointed her with Crisco oil and they prayed for her. And guess what? Her eye popped into place. She was healed in that moment. And, and, and she'll be here for the third service today. You can go look at her. She, ate, she didn't have cross eyes. She's healed. It really happened. Uh, a, little, a few years later, my mom and dad wanted to have children. 
and they weren't having children. So my mom went to the doctor and the doctor said, you're never going to have children. You have endometriosis. In fact, you need to have a hysterectomy is what he told her. But my, my mom had been studying the word and she saw the word, the word of God said that he makes the barren woman to be a joyful mother of children. And she just believed that that was true. And so she began to speak that word and believe that over herself. And guess what? I exist. <laughs> like I'm here and I have a sister and we were born to a woman who had endometriosis and was told to have a hysterectomy. I remember when I was a little kid, uh, I was about nine years old and I got a wart on my foot, on, my, on the heel of my foot. And I was embarrassed because, you know, warts are like witches have warts, right? And <laughs> frogs have warts. And it was embarrassing. I didn't want to tell people about it. And, but beyond the embarrassment, it, it also hurt. It was during football season. And, and I would, if it rubbed it wrong, man, it would shoot pain through my foot. And it hurt. I was a little kid and it hurt. And so I was at church one weekend. And they were preaching and teaching the kids about healing. Which is, by the way, why it's so important that we preach and teach little kids the word of God. And they're teaching us the word of God as little kids in the service. And at the end of the service, they invited kids to come down to receive prayer for healing. And I, I was embarrassed, but I decided I'm going to go forward. And so I went forward and they laid hands on me and they prayed for me. And, and they told me and my, you know, my word was still there. And they said, would you just keep staying on the word of God? You believe that God healed you. And so I went home that night and I kept remembering. I remember I was outside playing with my friends and I, I stepped wrong and it started hurting again. And I, I remember I started, I started remembering what I was taught that Jesus healed me. And I stood on that. That night I was in the bathtub and my wart just fell off. Just fell off in the bathtub. I remember like telling my mom, like, mom, get in here. And it was like, look what happened. <laughs> God healed me. I want you to know this morning, God is a God who heals. And he wants to heal you. He he doesn't just do this for me. He'll do it for you too. There's a promise of healing that's available to you today, but you got to stand for it. Okay, so so healing is is a promise of God. And here's the mindset that you have to have. If you're taking notes this morning, this is your first fill in the blank there in your notes. Healing is a primary issue. It is a primary issue. Healing sits right beside, in the atonement, which is what Jesus came to do for you, healing sits right beside forgiveness of sin. In fact, if you study scripture, and I encourage you to do this, if you're believing God for healing, look at this this week, study this. How often in scripture it lists uh, the forgiveness of sins, and in the same verse or in the next verse, it will talk about the healing of your physical illnesses. It's right there over and over again. Healing's a primary issue. Why? Because your health is a primary issue to you. So Jesus came to make a way for you. Now, there's three things I think that speak to healing being a primary issue that make it really obvious to me in scripture. The first is this, that healing is a part of the salvation package. It's a part of the atonement that Jesus purchased for you. Isaiah 53 verse 5 is talking about the Messiah, Jesus, who was going to come and what he was going to come and do. It says this, it says, he was wounded for our transgressions. This is talking about what he went through at the cross. He was bruised for your iniquities, that's your sins. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. That's talking about the connection, the chastisement for our peace with God was placed upon him. So all this is talking about sin right now and our connection with God. And then it takes a turn here and it says, and by his stripes, we were healed. Understand this, when Jesus went to the cross, as he, as he hung on the cross, besides the physical pain that he went through and endured from the Roman soldiers, God placed all of sin for all mankind, all past, present, future sin was placed on Jesus. He bore your sins on the cross. But at the same time he was bearing your sins, God also placed all of the sicknesses and diseases and pains, all of that was placed on Jesus and he bore your sicknesses 
on the cross. Matthew 18 or 8 verse 17 says this, he took our sickness and bore our diseases. Jesus carried your pain on the cross so that you don't have to. He carried it just like he carried your sins, he carried your sicknesses. In fact, in Isaiah 52, we get a glimpse into what actually Jesus looked like as he hung on the cross. It says this in verse 14, it says, many were amazed when they saw him. It says, his face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. Think about that. As Jesus hung on the cross, the Bible says he didn't even look like a human. It says, and from his appearance, one would scarcely know that he was a man. Now listen, I'm not trying to downplay the physical torment that Jesus went through on the cross by the Romans. Obviously, what he faced that day was tremendous. But when the Bible says here, it says that he didn't even look like a human man anymore. I don't believe that this is speaking to what he went through from the Roman soldiers. When people saw him and he didn't look like a human man anymore, it's because what they saw was Jesus being all of the, all of the sin of all time being placed on him. And listen, all of the sicknesses and disease of all time were placed on him on the cross. He bore cancer. He had tumors on him. He had, endomet- or, uh, he had uh, elephantitis. He had endometria. Every, every sickness you can think of, every ugly, gross, disfiguring disease that exists was placed on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as he hung on the cross to the point that he didn't even look like a human being. Why? Why did he do that? Because health is a primary issue of your life. And so sickness... And healing is a primary issue that Jesus came to fix because he loves you and he doesn't want you dealing with it. Listen, Jesus carried your pain. He bore your sickness. He paid the price for it and he wants you to enjoy that promise and enjoy that benefit. Tomorrow, uh, we're starting spring break with our kids and we're gonna go to Missouri and we're going to um, Great Wolf Lodge with our kids. We've got it, that, all, that all reserved. And, and we're also going to go to Silver Dollar City while we're there. And uh, we've already bought our passes. Sarah d- did all that. She, you know, she's the planner, so she got all this taken care of. And one thing she did was um, our son Gus is bringing his friend Luke with him. And so we actually, when we bought their tickets for Silver Dollar City, we got them these, these little extra bonuses called the Front of the Line Pass. And what it means is when they go to Silver Dollar City, they can, they can jump to the front of the line on certain rides and so they can actually get more done. We want them to be able to ride as much as possible. So, so we purchased that for them and it cost extra and we paid extra for them and it wasn't cheap, but we bought that for them because we want them to enjoy that benefit. Now, let me give you a scenario, okay? Imagine we're going to the park whatever day we're going to the park and we're on our way there and I'm, I'm telling these boys, okay, guys, here's your tickets to the park. This will get you in. And then also with this, you've got the front of the line pass. So make sure that you take advantage of that benefit. And we'll see you guys later at the end of the night. Now we're not going to turn a couple of 10 year olds loose in the park. I'm not saying that, but for the sake of this illustration, imagine that. Okay. So we tell them that we're going to turn them loose and we'll see you back here at, you know, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, whatever it is. And so they show back up that night and they're talking about all the fun stuff they did and the food that they ate and the rides that they rode. And I say, man, did you guys enjoy those front of the line passes? And they say, well, dad, actually we didn't, we didn't use them. We we were just so happy to be in the park that, you know, we didn't, we didn't want to abuse your kindness or take advantage of that. So we, we just enjoyed the park. We didn't, we didn't really use that. Guess what? I'm not going to be happy about that (laughs) because I paid for this benefit so that you could enjoy it. 
I sacrificed something so that you could have it. I purchased that for you. And you not using it is not like a noble thing on your part. It's actually stupid. (laughs) You're missing out on something that's been purchased for you. Listen, in the same way Jesus carried your sicknesses and diseases, that that sickness that you're dealing with, that cancer, that, that cold, that flu season, that whatever it is, Jesus carried that, bore it on the cross. He paid so that you don't have to deal with it. So quit dealing with it. Quit putting up with it. Jesus purchased your healing. It's a part of the salvation package. It's a benefit that he wants you to enjoy. Healing is a part of the salvation package. Here's number two. Jesus majored on healing. Why is this a primary issue? This is one of the ways we recognize that this is a primary issue is that Jesus was a healer. In fact, you look at the life of Jesus. He did three things. He, He was teaching, he was preaching, and he was healing. In fact, Acts 10.38, talking about what Jesus did, it kind of, in Acts 10.38, it kind of tells us what his ministry was all about. It says, he went about doing good, doing good, and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Jesus was a healer. He was healing. I mean, you look at the life of Jesus, study the life of Jesus. You're not going to go very far where you don't see Jesus healing people. I'll tell you this too. I don't know. I don't see a verse in scripture where it talks about, and Jesus woke up and he had the sniffles. It's not there. Jesus never was sick. The only time he ever carried any kind of sickness and pain or disease was when he chose to have it laid on him by God when he willingly took it on. But Jesus was never sick. You're a Christian, by the way. You're supposed to be Christ-like. Right? So, so Jesus, we see that he, he carried an authority and he, he walked in healing. Here's the third thing that I see that speaks to healing being a primary issue is that Jesus called us to bring healing into this world. Jesus called us and empowered us to, to do it, to bring healing. In fact, Jesus uh, empowered, he delegated, and required his disciples to do this. In Matthew 10, verse 1, Jesus is sending out his disciples to do ministry. And it says this, and when he, it's talking about Jesus, had called his 12 disciples to them, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, and here it is, and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. It's what he sent his disciples to to do. in the Great Commission, which is the mission that we're called to carry out in this world, right? It's a co-mission. We're in this mission with God. Jesus said, I want you to go out into this world, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And he said, and lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So, So it's a part of the salvation package. We see Jesus doing it and Jesus has called us to do it. And for these reasons, it's a primary issue. Healing is a primary issue. And you've got to get, you've got to decide, you've got to settle that in your heart. That healing is something that Jesus wants me to walk in and wants me to carry into this world. Okay, so then here's the question then. I, I get it. I know what you might be asking. Why then? Why is it that some of us are still dealing with sickness? Why is it that sometimes we pray and we don't see the healing come right away? What, what's the deal? Well, here's, here's the reason, Okay. One of the major issues of your life is not the devil. It's a lack of knowledge. One of the biggest things that keeps you from the promises of God, one of the things that compromises the promises of God in your life more than anything else is a lack of knowledge. Now, a lack of knowledge doesn't mean you're stupid. Turn to the person beside you and say, you're not, you're not stupid. Turn to the other person and say, you just don't know it all. You're not, you just don't know it. You have a lack of knowledge in an area. And so here's what happens. Because we have a lack of knowledge, we form beliefs based on the knowledge that we have. 
And, and so these are called a misbelief, which means it, exactly how it sounds. You're missing in your beliefs. You're off in your beliefs. And because you're believing a certain way and your believing is wrong, it keeps you from the promises of God. Specifically, when it comes to healing, if your belief is wrong and you don't have the right kind of faith, you're going to have a hard time receiving the promise that God has for you when it comes to healing. So let me speak to three of the major misbeliefs that a lot of people have. Maybe this is a misbelief that you've had in the past. Maybe you were taught this way. It doesn't mean you're dumb. You're not stupid. You just have a lack of knowledge. I want to give you some knowledge today, okay? So here's number one. Misbelief is God doesn't heal anymore. Now God did heal at one point. Yeah, the Bible, you know, but he doesn't heal anymore. Well, here's the problem with that. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. That means what he did in the past, he'll do today, and he'll do in the future. Malachi 3, verse 6, for, this is God talking. He says, I am the Lord, I change not. So there's two verses right there that speak to this idea that who Jesus was in the past is who he'll be in the present and who he'll be in the future. Okay, so a little crowd participation, all right? Because I want to help you get this this morning. Let me ask you a question. In the Bible, are there any instances in the Bible in the Old Testament of God healing somebody? Any instances of that? Yes, Yes, there is. Okay, here's the next question. In the New Testament, in the Bible, which is God's word, which is God's will, in the New Testament, are there any instances where God heals somebody physically of a sickness? The answer is yes. Okay, in the Bible, in the life of Jesus, who was the son of God, who said he came only to do what the will of the father was, are there any instances of Jesus healing anyone? The answer is yes. Okay, so God healed in the past, so that means he'll heal today and he'll heal in the future because he's the same. He doesn't change. So if he's healed anybody, he can heal you. Okay, let's go to the next one. This is another misbelief people have is it's not God's will to heal. God can heal, but it's not really his will. A lot of people have a misunderstanding, a misbelief when it comes to the will of God. Let me just tell you, the will of God is really not that hard to understand. The will of God is the word of God. Okay, so in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. And he's giving them a pattern to follow when it comes to prayer. And, And you maybe know this. He says, to pray this way, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then what does he say? He says, thy kingdom come. So he's saying you're you're to pray that the kingdom of God would come, thy will be done. We're talking about the will of God, right? Right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, so, so, so understand this is what Jesus is teaching us here. That you're to pray and ask that the will of God in this world, this is the will of God, that, that the kingdom of God on earth would look like the kingdom of God in heaven. Jesus said this, he said, here's what he's, he's saying, you're to pray that we would experience heaven on earth. That's what Jesus said. Okay, so let me, crowd participation, I got some questions for you. In heaven, are there any migraine headaches in heaven? No. no. Okay, so are migraine headaches the will of God? No. Okay, is there any cancer in heaven? No. So are, is cancer the will of God? No. Is there any, listen, get this one, is there any depression in heaven? So is depression the will of God? Is there any autism in heaven? So is autism the will of God? Is there any sickness of any kind in heaven? So is sickness the will of God? So then we're to pray that it should be on earth as it is in heaven. So if there's none there, there should be none here in a believer and a child of God. 
Pretty simple, really, isn't it? Okay, so here's the third misbelief. It's God's will to heal, but just not everyone. A lot of people believe that. God can heal, and he, he'll heal some people. He'll will that for some people, but just not for, for everybody. All right, let's look at the word again. Let's go back to the word. Romans 2 verse 11 says, For God shows no partiality, no arbitrary favoritism. With him, one person is not more important than another. That means this. Contrary to what you may believe, God doesn't love you any more than he loves anybody else. Or he doesn't love them any more than he loves you. He loves us all, cares about us all, and shows us all the same amount of grace and favor. That's how God works. Okay, crowd participation. One more time. Got one more question for you. Show of hands in here and wait till I get done. Okay, have any of you in here ever experienced the divine healing of God in your life or... Do you know anybody who has experienced divine healing in their life? If that's you, put your hand up right now. Put your hand up. Okay, look around the room, everybody. Keep your hands up. Look around the room. See all those hands lifted up? I guess God just loves them more than you, right? Well, wait, wait, wait. No, he can't because we just read that he doesn't, right? So listen, if he'll heal them, he'll heal you. If he's healed them, and they just put their hands up, put your hands up again. If he healed them, and he did, he'll heal you. Isn't God good? I love how simple this stuff really can be. But here's the thing. I have to believe that. I have to believe that God wants me to be healed like that. I have to believe that it's his will to heal. I have to believe that he still heals today, and I have to believe that he will heal me. Because if I don't, how can I stand in faith to receive healing if there's a part of me that's going, well, he may have healed them, but I'm gonna pray, and I'm gonna, but I don't really know if he can do this for me. How can I fulfill the mission of God, which he said I'm to go into the world and lay hands on the sick and see them recover? I'm supposed to do that. If I'm praying for them going, I don't know if this is gonna work, like that, it does, you, you see the problem. We got to fully believe. We got to become convinced of this, fully convinced of the truth. This is what the word of God says. Okay, so let me give you seven things. I know you're going seven things. Whoa. Yeah, seven more things. I'll go quick. But seven things, these are seven practices that I believe will help lead you to divine healing. I want you to get this today. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So I'm giving you the word this morning. So here's number one. If you're gonna receive and experience the divine healing that God has for you, you got to hate sickness. You gotta hate it. One of the main reasons why we deal with sickness the way that we do in this world, especially Americans, is because we don't really hate it. We tolerate it. We even embrace it. We say stuff like, well, you know, it's flu season, so. Like, what are you saying when you say that? (laughs) I guess I'm going to get the flu. Buckle up, family. (laughs) Or or we we make statements like, well, you know, I'm getting older, so, you know, I'm just kind of dealing with some pain. Arthritis is just a part of getting older. And we just just embrace that we're going to, our bodies are going to fall apart and we're going to have to deal with sickness and we're going to carry all this stuff. We, we think this way. Now, now remember what I talked about earlier that the atonement for Jesus, right besides forgiveness of sin, is also healing, right? So I want you to think about something with me. What if the same attitude we had for sickness we had for sin? Okay, so imagine this with me. Imagine me coming up and saying, well, you know, it's, it's that season again. It's adultery season. 
I, it's inevitable. Probably going to cheat on my wife. Hope it don't, but you know, it's that season. No, right? Like, no, that's not okay. We know that's not okay. Or like, you know, September's coming around. Last year, I robbed four banks. Probably going to rob a few more this year. Hope I don't get caught. Fingers crossed. Thank you, Jesus, for favor. <laughs> like we, no. And, and so, so here, but here's the thing. We understand that, that sin is, is not okay. Sin is something that Jesus suffered and died so we could be free from it. He went to the cross and bore our sins. And so we, we actively resist sins as Christians. My question is, why is sickness any different? Why don't we hate sickness like we hate sin? Jesus bore your sickness on the cross. He suffered and went through your sickness. So why do we tolerate it? Why do we put up with it? See, this is what the devil wants to do. The devil's a liar. And he wants to convince you that, that this is just a part of life and you just have to deal with it so that you don't actively, persistently resist it like you should. Remember what, what I read earlier, Acts 10, 38, it says that Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. They were, they were sick because they were oppressed by the devil. Listen, sickness is from the enemy. Sickness is from the devil. Sickness is a part of the curse that you've been redeemed from. But it still exists in this world because this whole world hasn't been redeemed yet. But you've been redeemed. But it'll still get on you if you don't actively resist it. And so here's what the devil does. He comes to you and he wants to convince you of this lie because he's a liar. That this is just a part of life. This is just something that you're going to have to deal with. And so we just receive it. And we say stuff. I, I hear Christians say stuff sometimes. And I'm just going, what are you saying? Man, I've been sick this week. And I'm just dying. This I had the flu. I was just dying. What? listen to yourself. Come on. Is that what the word of God says? Why are, you, why are you aligning your words, your mouth, which is a powerful thing with the, what the devil has to say about you? Right. Don't agree with him, but we do. We do that. We, we, and so we don't resist. The Bible says you resist the devil and he'll flee. So he gets you not resisting him. And then he binds you up with sickness and disease. Right. You got to see this for what it is. It is a tool of the enemy. It is a curse that God has called you to be free from. And you got to hate it. You got to hate sickness. Here's number two. You got to deal with any healing hindrances. One of the things you need to do when you're, when you're approaching the Lord and, and, and asking God to receive your healing is you got to do a little inventory sometimes and ask yourself, is there anything that could be keeping me from the promise of healing? And there's things that we do that we participate in sometimes that can be healing hindrances, things like sin that you're participating in, unforgiveness. Those things can keep you from the promise of healing. But there's also things that we do in the natural. Like we, we have a failure to use wisdom sometimes that can keep us. In fact, this week as I was going to the Lord and I was believing God for healing, and I was praying, Lord, is there anything that I've been doing? One of the things God showed me was, you've been eating terribly. And I was like, yeah, okay. But we do, like we do this stuff sometimes, you know, I, I read this quote this week. This is really good. It says, tell me what you eat and I'll predict your il illness. That's what a little doctor said. And the point is like, we can't, you know, just treat our bodies like trash and expect God to be the, the bailout button. Like, are you eating good food? Like ever? <laughs> Do you drink 
this clear stuff called water. That your body's like made up of that mainly. Or are you just sucking down sodas and drinking Starbucks frap a milkshake stuff all the time? You know those are milkshakes most of the time, right? I'm going to get off my high horse now, but do you exercise? And listen, I'm not trying to tell you you have to be perfect. I'm not, by no means am I telling you you have to be perfect, but do you recognize that your body, the Bible says your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? It doesn't belong to you, it belongs to God, which is good news, really, because since it belongs to God, nothing that belongs to God can have sickness in it. You realize that? That's good news. But, but yet we sometimes we compromise the promises of God because we put our bodies through stuff that we got we to ask yourself that question. Like, am I doing anything that could be a, a healing hindrance? Like pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal that to you. Is there anything, is there unforgiveness in my heart? Is there a sin that I'm actively participating in that I need to repent? If there is something like that, make those changes so that you're not keeping yourself from the promise of God's healing. Here's number three. You need to pray God's word. You need to be speaking God's word. You need to know what the word of God says when it comes to healing. And you need to to read the story. There's a reason those stories about Jesus healing people are there. It's so that you can get faith. And so you can read those stories and recognize that the same Jesus that healed them can heal you. So you can study and see what was going on in the mind of some of those people in the approach they had to Jesus and how he approached them so you can get a better understanding of what the healing that Jesus wants for you. The Bible says this in 1 John 5, verse 14. I love this verse. It says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. How many of you like to have confidence as you approach God in prayer? Yeah. You can have that is what this verse tells us. This is the confidence. What is the confidence? That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Yeah. So God hears your prayers when they're in agreement or in accordance with his will. And if we know that he hears us, Whatever we ask, everybody say whatever. whatever, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. Okay, so let me break this down for you. This verse says the key to getting your prayers answered is God hearing you. The key to God hearing your prayers is that you pray the will of God. So what is the will of God? The will of God is the word of God. That's why you need to know what the word of God says. And you need to pray prayers that are full of the word of God. And if you're dealing with sickness, you need to pray prayers that are full of what the word of God has to say about healing, about what Jesus has done for you at the cross. Now, this is huge, okay? Really, you need to get this. This is a major, major point that you need to understand when it comes to healing. We're not, when we're praying, we're not praying and asking God to heal us. What we're actually doing is we're praying and thanking him because he already has healed us. He's already accomplished healing for you. Realize, just like he accomplished the forgiveness of your sin, when you come to Jesus and you ask him to be the Lord of your life, you're not asking God to do a work to forgive your sins. He's already done the work. It's the cross. You're just thanking God and receiving the forgiveness of sins that he offers you by Jesus Christ through the cross. You tracking with me? So, here, so here's the idea. This is how it works with God. We receive everything by grace. It's available by grace through faith, okay? The grace for forgiveness of sins is the cross of Jesus Christ. So we believe in what he did at the cross. We thank him for what he's done of the cross, and we receive of that through faith. The grace for your healing is the stripes of Jesus, 
So that grace makes it available. So we receive what he's done for us, what he's already done. That's why it says, by his stripes, we were healed. It's in the past. He already did it 2,000 years ago. He purchased your healing. He car- we don't need him to carry your sickness now. He already carried it. He, he carried it all. So we're just aligning ourselves and thanking him. So, so here's what it looks like. When you go to the Lord and you're praying and you're believing for healing, you're going to God and you're saying, God, I thank you that by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. I thank you, Jesus, that you bore my sicknesses. You bore my diseases. You carried my pain so I don't have to carry them anymore. So I thank you, Lord, that I freely receive what you make available to me in Jesus' name by faith. Amen. That's how you pray and you agree with God for your healing. Here's, here's the fourth one. Speak to the sickness. Speak to the symptoms. Speak to the problems. Speak to those things. This is what the Bible says in Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus is talking here. He says, whoever says, that means speaks, means talks. Whoever says to this mountain. Now, mountain there, the idea there is that's, that's a problem. That's an issue. That's the thing in your life that's in the way that maybe is so big, it, you can't see past it. So maybe that's your sickness. It says, whoever says to this mountain, whoever says to this sickness, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, notice it's in your heart, not in your head, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Now notice, this is Jesus talking. Jesus doesn't say, you need to pray and ask God to remove your mountain. He didn't say that. Jesus said, you address the mountain. You address that problem. You address the, the issue of your life. You speak to it and you command it to move. So this week, as I'm, as I'm believing God for my healing and I'm praying, Lord, I thank you by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. You carried my pain so that I don't have to. I'm a child of God. I was born of God. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. So sickness cannot belong in me because I belong to you, Lord God. So I speak to, these, I speak to this flu right now. I speak to this temperature right now. I speak to this cough right now. I speak to this congestion right now. I curse it in Jesus' name and command it to leave. You said in your word, Lord, whatever I bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever I loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So I bind sickness against my body and I loose the healing of God. I thank you who the son has set free is free indeed. So I thank you for my healing that you made available to me in Jesus name. Amen. And I prayed it. And then when I still had some symptoms, I prayed it again. And when I still had some symptoms, I prayed it again. And I stood on the word and I stood in faith. And God healed me, and he'll do the same for you. And I want to help you this week, okay? In your app, uh, if you've got the New Song app, there's a prayer we actually wrote for you this week that's a prayer that goes along with the word of God, that you can pray this prayer, and you can speak to the symptoms and and your sickness, and this will help you. You can also go to newsongpeople.com slash healing, and you can see the prayer there. If you're dealing with sickness in your body, I want to encourage you, download that prayer, start praying it over yourself, and keep praying it over yourself as you do what is step number five, which is to stand in faith. Stand in faith. You got to stand in faith. Listen, faith is a huge, critical part to you experiencing the things that God has for you in this earth, especially when it comes to healing. And that's why this, this, this message I've been teaching you today, I've been packing it full of the word of God. I'm throwing as much word as I can at you this morning. Why? Because the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Bible says that we're called as Christians to walk by faith, not by sight. That means that we don't base our life on our experiences. We base our life on the truth of the word of God and what Jesus says. So, so listen, one of the biggest things that discourages and keeps people from their healing is that they get discouraged when it doesn't happen right away and they give up on it. 
They, they pray and they still got some sniffles, so I guess it didn't work. No, you got to keep standing and keep believing and keep speaking God's word and keep, you know, as I was praying, it didn't happen right away, but I kept standing on the word of God and I kept saying, I'd get, I was getting progressively better. And I've, I've seen God heal me immediately. My mom, when she had her crossed eyes, she was healed immediately. When she had endometriosis, it took her a few months to receive that healing. When, when I had my ward on my foot, it got healed, but it didn't fall off till that night. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it happens a little bit later. But the, the trick is you got to hold on. When you pray that prayer of faith, you rope that thing by faith that God has for you. And you got to hold on to that rope until you have it in your hand as you pull it in. You got to stand in faith. Here's number six. You got to look to the lamb. As I was preparing this message this week, I got done writing it and I had six points. <laughs> if you're a Christian and, you, and you're, especially if you're a pastor, you know, like, I can't have a six point message. Like, that's not okay. Number six, like, no, I got to have a seven point message because seven is, you know, that's God's perfect number. So, so I was like, okay, Lord, what am I missing? And God, real quickly, he spoke to me. He said, he gave me this point, which is this. Number, number six is look to the lamb. You know, I'm giving you a lot of, of strategy and a lot of, if we're not careful, what can happen is we begin to look at this stuff and we see it kind of as a formula. Like if I take a little bit of this, a little bit of prayer, a little bit of standing here, a little bit of that, and I put all these things together and imagine, we're not creating potions here, guys. When I talk about speaking the word, I'm not talking about chanting. It's not like if I say this enough, then God will do what I want. No, no, no. The point of you speaking the word is so that you, faith comes by hearing, is to get your faith in the right place. That's the point of this stuff. But, but really, the point of, of getting your faith in the right place is getting your faith to a place where you fully are convinced of the work that Jesus has accomplished for you on the cross. We look to the lamb, the sacrifice of Jesus for our healing. In the Old Testament, when, when people, the Hebrew Jewish people would come to the temple, and they were coming to the temple to, to ask for, for forgiveness for their sins. They, before Jesus, they had, to, they had to atone for their sins this way. And so they would go to the temple and they would bring this lamb with them. And it was like a lamb that was like a pet almost in their home. And they'd bring this lamb and this lamb had to be perfect. And so they'd bring this lamb and the temple priest would begin to examine the lamb and he would look at it as a sacrifice for their sins. Now think about this. The fact that they're bringing a lamb means that they've done something wrong. But the temple priest doesn't look at them. He looks at the lamb. And if the lamb, if the, if the sacrifice is acceptable, then what they are asking of the Lord can be received. Listen, Jesus was the lamb of God who came to sacrifice his life for your sins and for your healing. And he was the perfect, spotless Lamb of God, who was an acceptable sacrifice. So when you go to the Lord, listen, this is all about the work of Jesus. You, you don't have to stand before the Lord and go, well, I'd really like to be healed, but, you know, I cheated on my taxes last year. And I, I haven't, I, you know, I said that bad word this week and I, I didn't pay my tithes last month. God's not looking at you. He's looking at the lamb. And if the lamb's acceptable, and you can have whatever you're asking for of the Lord. That doesn't mean we, we, we try to live holy lives. Understand that. But this is all about the performance of Jesus Christ. It's not about your performance. 
Jesus was the perfect lamb of God. So you can go to the Father, you can say, God, I need healing in my body. And I thank you that Jesus was my perfect sacrifice so that I can receive what you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. And here's point number seven. You gotta keep believing. Keep believing. You know, there, there are, uh, we've, all, we've all been in places in our lives where maybe you're believing God for something. You're believing God for healing and you haven't experienced it yet. Maybe you've seen other people around you get healed, but you didn't get healed. And, and, and so your experience isn't lining up with the, what, what you understand to be the will of God. The will of God is that, that all would be healed. The will of God, Psalms 103, we said it at the very beginning, who, who heals all your diseases. That's the will of God. So then, but I'm not experiencing that. And I know I've had, I've had people that I prayed for and, and they died. I've had situations in my life where we lost a baby one year and we, my wife started showing signs of miscarrying and I was praying for her. I prayed for her all night one night and I believed God for her healing and she still miscarried that baby. And so we have these moments in our life where our experiences don't line up with what the word of God says the will of God is. So, so what do we do in those moments? Well, really there's two choices that you have, okay? The first choice is this. We can begin to require our experiences to rise to the standard of the word of God. And that's what you need to do. Or uh, you can lower your standard to match your experiences. But here's the problem with that. If you lower the standard to match your experiences, then your experiences become the standard. And really at that moment, you take God off the seat of lordship in your life and you become your own God who says, I don't really believe your word anymore. I believe my experiences over your word. Let me just tell you, if you want to live a life based on your experiences, where your faith is in your experiences, it's going to be a rough, rough life. God has a higher standard for you. And so, so what do we do when our experiences don't line up with what we understand to be the will of God? Here's what you do. You trust God anyways. In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12, you can read this on your own this week, but it talks about how there's some stuff that on this side of eternity, we're just not gonna understand it. We, we see kind of foggy right now. Someday when we're face-to-face with God, we'll have a greater understanding, but there's, there's certain things that we're not gonna understand. But the question is, in the meantime, will you still trust God? When you don't always understand everything, will you still trust God? And will you strive to let his word be the standard of your life that you build your life upon. I want you to know this morning, God wants you healed. And your savior suffered and died so that you could be not only free from sin, but free from sickness and disease. He bore your sickness. Every horrible, ugly, disgusting disease disfigured him to the point that he didn't even look like a human because your health matters to God. It's a primary issue. And so he came to fix it for you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.